And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys are having a terrific week. Uh, great show today. I was joined by my good friend Tyler Grant. It's always a great time talking to Tyler. Uh, we uh, we beat the crap out of uh, China and the, the Chinese Communist Party. Um, we talked about uh, the, the feud between Tucker Carlson and, and Sean Hannity, and uh, which is basically a microcosm of the of the economic debate happening right now on the right. And I, I think it was a it was an important conversation to have. I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, before I get to Tyler, uh, guys, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. And if you like what you're hearing and want to get involved, hit us up over on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash The No Gimmicks Podcast. All right. Without further ado, here's my chat with the great Tyler Grant. All right, guys, we're here with my friend Tyler Grant. Ty, my brother, how you doing? Doing well. Another day in quarantine. How about you? Same. Same. I mean, I, I work from home all the time, so it's not really that different. But another day, man. <laughs> another day. Um, so, yeah, man, we have a ton to get to, as always. Um, I don't even need to preface the show by saying that anymore. Uh, but I, I still will because it's it's muscle memory at this point. But anyway, let's just jump right into the news of the day. I, I don't watch cable news uh, at all because I respect myself. Um, but there's a clip going around from last <laughs> night uh, over on Fox News that I think is worth discussing. I think it's really important and unfortunate. Um, so over on Fox News last night, Tucker Carlson ended his show. Um, which I think is the highest-rated show on cable news. I mean, he's very, very successful and popular right now. Uh, but Tucker ended his show by whining about how unfair it is that Jeff Bezos is as rich as he is. Okay, and this is this is typical Tucker Carlson. He's a populist. He's a Keynesian. He, he's not a conservative, at least on on economics. And I like Tucker on some things, but he is on economics. He's a, a nightmare. And then Sean Hannity immediately called him out on it. They do the whole bromance thing at the end of a show. They go, oh, this is my show, and over to you, Sean, and, and whatever. And then Hannity immediately calls uh, Tucker on his BS and is like, hey, man, you know, if somebody is providing goods and services that people want, uh, they deserve to make money. That's, you know, called capitalism. Um, and then Tucker made his stupid Tucker face, you know, his befuddled face that he makes anytime anybody calls him on anything it's really annoying but anyway so i think all that to say this i think it is a fascinating insight on the divide on the right uh going on right now in terms of economics i think that's exactly right i mean it's interesting actually because what people are seeing and experiencing is the fact that people like the jeff bezos's of the world the people that are big time wealthy folks that have a lot of capital in times of crisis can make a lot of money mm-hmm. so i think that that's frustrating for the average the average guy that's you know working a nine to five or got laid off on their nine to five, they don't have capital to reinvest in cheap property, cheap stocks right now that are inevitably going to go up. And I think that's frustrating for a lot of people. It is, it is something that I am sympathetic to when it comes to a criticism of capitalism, where there are certain stocks that it makes no sense why they're not just zero. Right. You know, Carnival Cruise Line, Norwegian right. Cruise Line, a movie theater, movie theater stocks. The fact that they have any value at all beyond 
on, you know, the fact that they have these big unusable ships and they own like a private island in the, you know, in the Caribbean, you know, they, they don't make, they haven't earned a dollar. Yeah, they're bringing in, in z- zero months. revenue. I mean, there's no revenue. You know, yeah, right, like, you know, it would make sense to me that a stock price would be zero if there's been zero revenue at all for, you know, five months at this point. Yeah, and it's, and it's funny, too, because there's a whole a whole series of articles that were uh, that came out. I actually did a, an interview with Vox the other day about this where I was asked about Dave Portnoy and how he's been pushing his kind of barstool LOL brand of day trading. And, uh, you know, it's funny, like Hertz filed for bankruptcy and all these creditors were coming to call him, but their stock shot up to like three dollars from a buck fifty. I mean, it's 50 percent growth. If you if you had big capital to put in, you made a ton of money that day right. but on, a, on a stock of that is is worthless. It is an actually worthless company other than whatever they can pay pay off their creditors, which is in the, to the tune of millions and millions and millions of dollars. It might even be billions. I'm not sure. But uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, I get that 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 populist frustration. I think what Tucker Carlson, you know, not to uh, you know, I, I said this on Twitter today, but not to diagnose him, but rather than to kind of give a polite nudge to what I think he's trying to do is talk about distributism. And you and I have talked about this on the show. Rather than having a, a couple of different corporations being the deliverer of the mechanisms of our economy, distributing those out in a way that's an intentional but not necessarily government-driven idea. And what I mean by that is rather than having you know a, a McDonald's and Subway on every street corner, you go and support your mom-and-pop shops. You know, the, the local businesses produce more things than say like an Amazon. And I get, I I get the competitive nature of that, but some of these are affirmative choices. So for example, and when Tucker Carlson, I think he had a very good bit and I wrote this in my article that I tweeted out, which is that there was Cabela's big company that had been supporting a local community got bought up. And rather than just stay in the community that they had been in and supportive of the community that they've been in, because you know, all those executives live there, all those vice presidents live there the employees live there and they can you know they can punch up the economy by living in these small small areas small towns that that thrive on these businesses the corporation said screw it move the headquarters and you know god knows what's going to happen to that town and it's the same thing i mean we can we can blend this into our conversation later but these affirmative choices that people make i think a a person like tucker carlson is saying well look there are affirmative choices that can be made that put america first and americans first rather than the most competitive choice. And the competitive choice necessarily is not the capitalistic or is necessarily the capitalistic choice, but not necessarily the correct choice for the American people. And which is not to say the the rant that he goes on sometimes that, well, wait a minute, you know, maybe maybe the workers, you know, were you know, workers of the world unite. But perhaps something to the effect of, hey, it would be great if American companies thought holistically about what it is exactly they're they're doing and whether those affirmative choices are benefiting the american people versus you know padding the bottom dollar yeah and i i was going to kind of save this point for the next topic but i'll kind of just go there right now because it it applies here and i have no problem with that um and that's a point that you do have to hand it to the populists like you know capitalism isn't a moral code you know, it's not you don't live your life by capitalism. And that's why, like, objectivism is ridiculous. That's why Ayn Rand is ridiculous. And it, like, it's not that I, I don't hate Ayn Rand. Like, I enjoyed The Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged and, and all those books. And I agree with her on a lot. But, like, 
you know, she told people to be selfish and do whatever you want, do whatever makes you the most money, uh, which is insane. And, and objectivists believe you should live right. your life even with your own family that way, right? You should be selfish even in your own family, which is insane. Uh, I mean, that's anti-Christian, you know, obviously. Uh, you know, the Bible teaches teaches us to be uh, selfless uh, in the model of, of Jesus Christ. And, and, I mean, you know, the basic family structure, for instance, is communist, right? Like me and my wife essentially are communists in the way we live our lives i'm i'm twice her size i eat a lot more food uh than than she does we don't we don't evenly distribute uh food if if i need to eat more than she does i do uh depending on who's bringing in more money like it's not you know, you know what i mean it's like that's you don't make your child go out and work for food or whatever you know so it's you know objectivism doesn't right. work but like i i don't know if that's what I don't know. I, I think that might be a little too generous on our boy Tucker Carlson, though, because it really seems like he's endorsing the use of government force to make this happen. I, I mean, he's he's essentially he's praised Elizabeth Warren's economic policies. You know what I mean? And she just wants to use the the force of the state, the giant gun of the federal government to, to regulate these corporations and stuff. So it's like. I don't know if he's just calling for people to make moral decisions in terms of who they do business with, or if he's calling for the government to step in and force people to do it at gunpoint. And I, it seems to me like it's the latter, but but maybe you are right, and it's the former. I'm not sure. Yeah, and and I think that that's actually an interesting an an interesting point too that we should discuss, which is the fact that when your team is not the team in the driver's seat, you view government as a as a nice uh, stick rather than being, you know, uh, if your team is, is the team in power, you view, you know, carrots more favorably. And I have noticed among the populace, right, that this inclination towards government force, because, you know, Trump's in power, we we're, we're putting more judges on the court there, you know, it, it would seem that the federal government is more in, in line and in tune with conservative ideals than they otherwise were because Trump is in the white house and there's, there seems to be sort of a mandate from top top to top, top down. And I think that that is the beginning and end of his comfort with that. I mean, I, I again, I don't want to diagnose uh, Tucker Carlson, but I, I would I would my suspicion is it's that. But what I really think deep down what Tucker Carlson is saying is that these corporations have not and will not without some sort of impetus from government or people one way or the other make choices that are in the best interests of American employees and are, and given the, you know, the ability or the inclination will abandon cities and go abroad or will toss, you know, toss rural families out or make decisions that are not in the best interest of the American people. And I think that that is deeply frustrating. I mean, it's deeply frustrating for me for the you know, reasons like we'll discuss later about, about China perhaps. And also just because, you know, you, you have all these corporations that on the one hand will will do some sort of social justice thing. And then on the other hand, you know, be be self-dealing, double dealing or, or doing things that are not in the best interest of, of their employer. Okay, so, I mean, it's the same thing that we discussed. I mean, I think they. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I've been talking for a second. Oh, no, no, no. You're good. Um, and I think that's right. I just, you know, conservatives talk a lot about, you know, the quote unquote slippery slope in terms of uh, like, you know, social issues, you know. Like going back to gay marriage and, and all that stuff, slippery slope. Um, and typically they've been right. <laughs> like, you know, hey, man, if you look at what's going on in the world right now, uh, maybe they were onto something with the slippery slope thing. And like, you know, just using that as an example. But like if they're the, the slipperiest of slopes is in the realm of economics, man. 
and if we allow government to you know, just aside from you know corporations just being moral and making better decisions for their communities like i totally agree with that and i hope every corporation does i just don't want the government to force them to do it because once we start doing that i mean we we didn't have an income tax until 1913, man. <laughs> I mean, look, right. look what Woodrow Wilson did in the seven years after that. I mean, in seven years, we went from no income tax to like bordering on like a communist authoritarian state. And then thank God, uh, Warren G. Harding won. And then, you know, obviously he died in office a year later and Coolidge took over and they dismantled, uh, all of Wilson's systems. But, um, Man, it is a slippery slope. I mean, look what happened in seven years from from 1913 to 1920. And I don't know if, if the government starts imposing some of Tucker's ideas. I think you could see something like that happen again. I mean, certainly, I, you know, I, I don't I don't know some of the stuff. You know, I've had conversations with people you know, both privately and on Twitter about the level of the, you know, as you say, the slippery slope of some of these ideas. I mean, there are so many different concepts that are going and playing out where I'm not confident that a lot of these ideas about socialism, et cetera, of which the, the younger generations have no idea what they're actually talking about or what what's being asked for, but they're much more comfortable with them as ideas. I, I think if, you know, I remember growing up and going through high school and college, and if you held yourself out as a socialist, people kind of looked at you as if you were a little off the bandwagon a little bit, which now you're sort of a weirdo if you're holding yourself out as a capitalist in a high school college classroom so definitely definitely agree with your point there i mean i i think and i'm always suspicious of using government as a stick to enforce some of these things it's, it's the same thing as everything else where you can just find the you know the hypocrisy or the logical loophole like for example everyone all of a sudden where we have a national conversation about police use of force and police enforcement of issues and all this kind of stuff up. And then the next week you're having the left, you know, lose their absolute objective minds about the thought that how dare Donald Trump not enforce a federally mandated mask law <laughs> or states not being willing to, like, enforce some sort of state driven mask law as if guy on a job boat in South Georgia is the same thing as guy walking down the street of Brooklyn. You know, right. like it's they're just different things. And I, and I think more you know far too often people people lose sight of that fact and how the government you know giving the ability to states or or to their actual you know arms themselves of enforcement is is going to lead to insane abuse and i and i'm not sure i'm not sure exactly why it would be something that we would want to do yeah yeah absolutely and i mentioned this on on the podcast on monday but i kind of want to reiterate it here again uh I mean, to give Tucker Carlson and, and the populist movement some credit, like there are lessons that need to be learned, you know, like in the conservative movement from the populists. And I, I totally acknowledge that. It, it's like I like I said with the Ayn Rand example, it's not enough that we just talk about cutting taxes and just talk about free market economics. And that stings, man, because I am a single issue voter. I, I only vote based on economics. I'm a Austrian guy. You know, I... I I'm a Mises guy. I'm a Hayek guy. You can't just quote Hayek to the heroin addicted, unemployed former coal miner from West Virginia. You can't just quote Hayek to the black mother in Chicago 
who's afraid to let her kids play outside because some gangbanger is going to drive by and shoot him in the face for no reason. Okay, like I get that. Like, and for a long time, conservatives have just just been focused on free market economics, and they don't even know how to speak any other language. You know what I mean? Like, it's just all it's all tax cuts. You know what I mean? And that's just not enough. And you saw that with Donald Trump beating the however many Republicans ran, like 17 Republicans ran for president in 2016. And Trump didn't win on economics, really. But I mean, he talked a little bit. Yeah, we're going to cut your taxes, but he doesn't really know what that means. You know, he's not he's not some you know, think tank guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he's, he's never read Ludwig von Mises. You know, that's just not in his, in his brain at all. And he didn't, he didn't win on facts. Don't care about your feelings. He yeah, went on, and it's, it's I interesting care. Too because like, he went on like, level, I care about the thing you, that resonates you know? the most with, um, that was you. No, 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 you're good. Okay. No, I, I was gonna say the thing that resonates the most with, with the coal minor types with the with low income people with with people like you know day in day out going to their job coming home they're the things that they care about is is public safety health care and you know being able to retire at a reasonable age with with some sort of degree of economic security the way to speak their language is jobs and so when you're when you're talking jobs as donald trump did exclusively you know he ran a little you know he said a couple things on tax cuts whatever i mean the right. main thing was i am going to protect and fortify jobs for you guys and so, yeah, I mean, again, like like you're saying, you know, going around and, and preaching some sort of economic purism when it comes to, you know, every tax is a bad tax and every every type of, you know, non quote unquote free market thing is a bad is, is bad. I think some of these people look at that and say, well, wait a minute. I you know, I was told that, you know, globalism is a good thing and cross border free trade is a good thing. But yet, you know, the the factory that was down the street where me and my grandfather and my dad worked is gone. And it's now in Mexico or now it's in China or now it's wherever. And I, they look at that and they have to be kind of like, sure, I guess I will vote against my personal interests. And so when Donald Trump said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to cut deals to keep you here and here's how I'm going to do it. I think that resonated with people. But at the same time, you know, you have these kind of like the, the purists, you know, like the Sean Hannity's of the world that say, Hey, free trade's a good thing. The, you know, the capitalist mantras, these five things. And then you have, you know, the Tucker Carlson's of the world that look at that and say, well, wait a minute. And this this free market thing, the free market took this company from being headquartered in a small town in Indiana and moved it to New York City. Like that's that didn't help the people of that that small town. And now that that small town is in bankruptcy, math addictions through the roof like that, you know, opioids are, are taking over where. Where once people were, you know, going to church and having nice jobs, and and they have to look at that and be very deeply suspicious of that. And I think I think it's a fair criticism, which is it's got to be it, it's got to be something that comes my alternative. And I think what you know people like you and I can come around is the fact that like these these businesses need to kind of temper, you know, the whole greed is good mindset. They need to temper for that and say, hey, at the same time we owe a duty to this community as a business in this community or as an American business, we owe a duty to the, the people that are our customers and that are our constituents and not just be checking the share price. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely get that. And I agree. I, it's the frustrating part. Um, and we're just, you know, I'm just using Tucker as an example. He's not here to defend himself. So I don't want to just blast Tucker the whole episode, but like, the frustrating part, and then we can we can move on after this, is that I, we can learn these lessons. We can learn these important lessons from the populist movement. We can integrate them into the conservative movement. 
without abandoning the principles that built the modern world and lifted the majority of the planet out of poverty in the last 100 years. Okay, so like, and it, it just seems, especially back a few months, a few months back during the Democratic primary when Tucker essentially endorsed Elizabeth Warren's economic plan, it, it, it seems a lot more like abandonment than learning a lesson and integrating some populism into conservatism. It seems like he's kind of walking away from conservative economics. And we can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can learn these lessons and grow from it without abandoning free markets. And it, I, I hate that everything's so polarized and it's one or the other, you know? Like, I, we should be able to walk and chew gum, learn these lessons, move forward without abandoning what literally saved the world, what has literally saved planet Earth in the last hundred years. And I, yeah, and I, and I think that that's right. And I think, obviously, the governing principles of conservative... Um, conservative economics and, and, and certainly capitalist economics are, you know, are correct. And certainly there's no doubt that they have lifted the world out of poverty. They've created some of the greatest, you know, innovations that the world has ever known and will ever known. No, because just based upon incentive alone. But I, I think that, you know, there is a growing suspicion of those things as businesses make and have shown themselves to make affirmative choices sociologically. And so I think a person like Tucker Carlson says, well, if they make a choice sociologically that I don't like, or that I think is counter to what I think is conservative, well, my alternatives are A, government, or B, you know, some sort of coming up with an alternative to business. And so I think a person like Tucker Carlson looks and says, well, government right now is in the hands of a conservative so i can i can effectuate some change on the front end because it's a lot harder to, harder to create an amazon out of scratch to compete that you know subscribes to the sociological conditions that you care about and i and i say that meaning that like you know we saw overnight in the black lives matter movement recently where everyone wanted to donate different amounts of money or say that they wanted to hire certain amounts of, of black people or people of color, you know, all those changes were made overnight and businesses, you know, whether or not there's any, you know, demonstrative showing that those things will increase their, their bottom dollar, which, you know, perhaps they will, perhaps they won't like you there, but like, it doesn't matter. They, they made these business choices that were affirmative business choices for particular reasons. And so I, and they were able to do so overnight. And I think a guy like Tucker Carlson looks at that and says, well, wait a minute, if you can do those particular things, why can't you do these other particular things? And it's like, well, you're making very specific priority assessments, some of which I don't agree with. Right. And I think that that's kind of where his frustration lies. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think you're right about that. Um, so let's talk China, man. I know you have your, your hands wrapped, your gloves on, mouthpiece, cup, the whole thing, ready to just beat the crap out of the Chinese Communist Party. So let's do it. Um Look, most things that Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri says and does are bad because he's a bad politician with bad ideas. Um, let it Side note, let it be noted, I did endorse his primary opponent um, and had his primary opponent on the show several times, so don't blame me. But <laughs> as much as I hate to admit it, I'm, I'm agreeing with Josh Hawley quite a bit lately. Um, his crusade against Chinese slave labor uh, is fantastic, um, and American corporations uh, should be pressured. Um, to stop doing business in China until things change. It's it's actually kind of fascinating. I I've been more and more fascinated as as this has gone 
on and, and anybody that's listening to me on your show or, or TV or whatever, every chance I get, I come back to this point, which is the fact that I have yet to understand why American soft power doesn't seize and rue the day every single time when it comes to competing with the Chinese on a global economic scale. And I have never understood in any way, shape or form why we have kowtowed so tremendously every single time that the Chinese ask for very, for very particular things. Because, for example, when when we competed against the, in different countries in the Middle East that have different rules about gay marriage or, or, or the way that they treat women, American companies said, nah, we're not going to do this. Like, if you guys want that, like, that's great. But we're not going to we're not going to make these these little petty changes because like that's not our society that's not our worldview like women are equal to men in this country like gay people are you know they have civil rights in this country that's a thing that exists we're not going to do what you tell us to do and you know we bucked up to russia when russia said no we're we're going to cut out particular scenes of these hollywood movies and and you know hollywood was like you know tough luck but when it comes to the chinese we have this fascinating thing in this country where american Companies will some just will just go, just just fairy dust off into the wilderness, and and all their courage and all their you know talking tough to Donald Trump just goes missing when it comes to you know protecting human life, you know the slave labor, you know different different horrible, tremendously terrible things that are going on, you know. Granted, look, Howie's bill, Howie's Howie's idea, ideas, performative, no doubt. Of course, okay. of course, he knows he's a politician. That's what politicians do but at the same time it is fascinating that where there is a very easy thing to say we're against slave labor period companies seem to have have an issue not being able to say that not being able to say hey you know this distinction that we're making in our factory where you know you have apple building nets around their offices to make sure that people don't kill themselves jumping off the roof where you have uh just horrible, horrible working conditions of different people. Just so, just so I guess, you know, American stuff can be a little bit cheaper. Like that's a problem. And that's something that, you know, 15 minutes ago, you know, we, we had to, we had to go out and affirmatively say something that most people, but like a dozen racist in Charlottesville, you know, agree with that black lives matter. It's like, yes, we, we, we have known this. And it almost came across like, wow, did you, did you liberals not know this? Cause we knew this. Right. But, but okay, like please, like you know, make sure that you tell people that you you don't agree. I, I did love just a quick sidebar. It was it was one of my favorite tweets that I saw. There was a, it was by by a, a white liberal lady who was who was like tweeted out some nonsense, being like, oh my god, if you guys really want to engage with the Black Lives Matter movement of recent years, and she starts listing all these books, and it, it was almost as if she like had just come across them, like oh my gosh, these are just beautiful writers, and one of the writers. What are the writers that she listed? She's like, oh my gosh, I just I just engaged with Toni Morrison, and I I just looking at it like, are you kidding me? Like, shoot, have you have you heard of Oprah? Like, it was just, it was fascinating. It was just, it was the most like fascinating moments. It's like these these white little liberals like they just do these little these little like silly things that are just so performative. Yeah, and they oh, just don't they don't know. Sidebar to the sidebar, and then we'll get back to China. But I just have to I I, I just have to bring this up as well. It is funny when people, when leftists discover, 
you know, the wheel. <laughs> it's, it's entertaining. Salon had a piece this morning, or was it Slate? Same thing. It doesn't matter. One, one of those two. Same, <laughs> um, same difference. But uh, he said we should. Uh, the headline was we should defund uh, um, uh, Homeland Security. We should defund Homeland Security. It was always a mistake to create this massive federal police force. I'm like, libertarian entered the t- yes. entered the chat. I'm like, you, are you kidding me? Uh, come on, you 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 people all loved the Patriot Act. Come on, where have you been? I've been saying this since I was a teenager, man. Come, on, give me a break. But anyway, anyway, back, back to what you were saying. Incredible. No, I mean, it, it was it was almost like, I mean, there was there's just it was like. Oh my gosh! Have you guys heard about this really crazy book? It's called Roots. It's like, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, we heard about it. We read about it. We, you've been on this team for a minute. Where are you guys? You know. Um, but anyways, so my my point is like, you know, we just we live in this funny world where people can effectuate this these just tremendous changes overnight, and yet when it comes to China, they don't. And I, I mean, you see my stuff. I've written an article about an article about this where if if the NBA, for example, like people, you know, people, which this is my favorite liberal criticism is when I'll tweet something like LeBron James, like, you know, you could literally say free Hong Kong and Hong Kong would be liberated, liberated tomorrow. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Like, like it, that's just the way it is. Yeah. That, that is how we, that's how much power you have. But like, I guess, you know, he, he wants his jerseys or somebody at the NFL's got or NBA's got and people are like, oh, you're just picking on him because like it's an all black league. No, no. The reason why I'm picking on him is because. It is the only sport that is super duper popular in China. Yes. Like the Chinese aren't sitting down watching the Lions play. You know what I mean? Like this is not what's happening. You know, there's, there's not a big cohort of like Chargers fans or Atlanta Braves fans in China. It's LeBron James. Right. It's, you know, you know the, you know, like all, all these different, you know, the Bulls. All, all, like, people care about the NBA because, you know, it's overwhelmingly popular in China. And they could just they could just take tell them stuff and they would do it that's just the way it is the chinese communist party has a death grip on their people but at the same time like it's such a it's so strong of a grip like i'm trying to play with the metaphor it's so strong of a grip it's almost like trying to grab flubber where if they grip too hard the people just break out from around there uh, around the, the kind of death grip anyways right. like they can only do so much there's just there are so many people in china that it's just, you know, short of what they're doing to the, the, the Uyghurs, it's just, it's terrible. Like, I just, I, I don't understand why we don't exert more soft power than we do. Yeah, and that that's the most frustrating part. Um, but the NBA or even somebody like LeBron James, just LeBron James, he could literally get on Twitter right now and in two sentences save the lives of two million Uyghur Muslims. I mean, it, it would that that simple. You know, and, and the NBA's behavior over the last several months has been a, a perfect microcosm of just American industry generally in, in their dealings with the Chinese Communist Party. And and we all saw on Twitter over the last few days, Ted Cruz, senator from Texas, challenged Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban um, to say anything, to say anything negative about the Chinese Communist Party, to denounce slave labor, just literal slave labor. And he wouldn't do it. You know, and they he you know denounced holding two million Muslims in 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 concentration camps to denounce literal ethnic cleansing. <laughs> okay, we're, these are not like minor human rights violations. Okay, we're talking about ethnic cleansing. We're talking talking about actual concentration camps. 
these forced these, abortions, forced abortions, forced sterilization. Like the, the NBA is complicit. A real They're complicit. They're so obsessed with the Chinese dollar that they 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 won't speak out on the and these I mean, these are basic human rights issues. And the thing is, I, shoot, I I should have pulled this up. I should have this in front of me. But I was actually surprised. I I I looked it up a few weeks ago. I was expecting like. The, the behavior of 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 the NBA would and of LeBron James and others would lead you to believe that half of the NBA's revenue comes from China or something. It's like ten percent or fifteen percent. It's it's not even that big of a, a deal. You know what I mean? Like it's not. We're not talking about them losing half of their revenue or something. It's, it, it, and it's also there is no alternative. This this is what I don't understand. This is what drives me crazy. This is what I've written about like many many times. It is not as if they can go out and say, well, sorry, everybody in China, you can no longer watch NBA games. Nope. Period. Thanks. End of story. And here is this alternative service. You know, like it, it would be like tomorrow just saying, hey, guys, like there, there's no such thing as the MLB anymore in the United States. You know, quickly another league would pop up because we have that kind of society in China. There would be no alternative. And there's also that not like, you know, there's one Yao Ming. You know how many other Chinese dudes play in the NBA? Like none. None. So. Like, what are they going to do? Do you think the Chinese people are going to be like, okay, great. Like this thing that we really enjoyed and you've now taken it away. No, no, not at all. The younger, the younger generations are figuring out how to get past the Chinese firewall. They're getting, they're figuring out coded language to do different things. Like the Chinese can only do so much. And if, if they push too far, you don't know what it's going to be. If you push too far, the Chinese communist party will lose power. And, and like all this nonsense goes away. And I have yet for the life of me, I don't understand why the Ameri- Ameri- Hollywood, et cetera, is not like, you know, screw yourselves. Like we, we don't care. This is the way we do things in our country. If you don't like it, deal with it. Like it's, it, that's just the way it is. We're, we're willing to, we're willing to talk tough to every other country that doesn't have economic, you know, implications for us, you know, uh, you know, some, you know, I get some sub-Saharan African country that's like, oh, yeah, we kill gay people. I'm sure Hollywood would be like, yeah, we're not putting a movie there. But it's like, no kidding. Of course you're not. But, you know, I, I, China comes out with some weird rule. They're like, oh, yeah, take in the in Top Gun 2, please take that Taiwanese flag off of, um, you know, Tom Cruise's jacket because, God forbid, we, we let our people think that it's separate from China. Like, come on. Give me a break. Just these men have no chests. I mean, but I just, Le- LeBron James is a coward. Mark Cuban is a coward. I mean, like, the thing is, these men would not lose anything. Like, they would not—like, LeBron James is not losing money if he denounces slavery. Okay? Like, he'd become more popular. He'd become a hero to to underprivileged people everywhere. These people are just—they're pussies. They're cowards. Like, it's—that's the uh, only—look, I have an idea, though. What if we just orchestrate a very complex— well thought out lie on social media, and say that everything that the Chinese Communist Party is doing, it's act those violations are actually being perpetrated by Israel. <laughs> we just we just convinced I mean, I, that I, Israel has two million Muslims in a concentration camp and forced sterilizations, and and they are oppressing Hong Kong, and and then we we get the entire planet riled up, obviously, and then we take the mask off and reveal that it was actually the CCP the whole time. What do you think? Well, I mean, so that would that would certainly work pretty quickly. The <laughs> other thing that would work is if you just said, you know, actually, Donald Trump is super supportive because uh, because the, the logic of this whole thing is very fascinating, because if you recall, when John Bolton's book came out, there was multiple stories that 
oh my God, oh my God, Trump was in the room with Xi Jinping. And I overheard him say, you know, Xi Jinping to President Trump, oh my gosh, here's my concentration camps. What do you think? And Donald Trump said something <laughs> to the effect of, oh wow, I approve. There's a 0% chance. That's right. There's a 0% chance. If I had to put a percentage, 0% chance that is anywhere close to reality. There's no chance ever. There's zero chance a Chinese president would admit to an American president that they were building concentration camps. There's that's like that's why I did not read that book or give it any credence at all. I'm like, okay, he's a liar. That's bullshit. <laughs> like, I'm just calling BS right no, now. Okay. That Wait, did not you happen. Can't, you, can't, you can't you can't read any of that stuff. Well, you can't. All that stuff is nonsense anyway. I mean, I I think that. You know, whether, whether there's any truth to it or not from, is her name Mary Trump? I don't. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, I think it's Mary Trump. He's like cousin, sibling, whatever. That, that one didn't even the, like make my of, radar. That any, I didn't even yeah. bet an eye at that one. She's already, she's already sold 950,000 copies, meaning <laughs> that she's made, me. you know, well over, you know, seven or eight million dollars. Okay. <laughs> Depending on, you know, whatever her advances right. or whatever, probably millions of dollars though she's made. And and you look at these things and you and you and you, and you read this nonsense and you're like, you know, whatever. Like, you, you know, you're going to the bank. You're trying. You're trying to get paid. Like, fine. You got your one thing in life is you're going to get paid right now, and this is all you ever do. Fine. But I am old enough to remember when that article ran about what John Bolton said, and you had people door to door on cable news, door to door on all these different, you know, written news outlets with these, you know, quote unquote writers um, that wrote, oh my God, Trump concentrations camps etc cetera, etc cetera. and then looking at that and being like okay so you guys concede the fact that there are concentration camps here yes you concede that fact great so if you concede that fact why can't any of you guys get up in arms when these people have a platform to denounce these people? well no that, that's crazy because <laughs> i remember when conservatives said you know so and so about the police you don't know what you're talking about shut up and dribble and there was wall-to-wall news coverage about how dare you tell these people not to use their platforms. They should be using their platforms to further the public good. And we were lectured yep. and lectured and lectured about how our movie stars, our athletes are these just bastions of intellectual might and that we need to listen to them because <laughs> they know things and they can make the world a better place. And yet something that's conceded. In the New York Times, in the Wall Street Journal, on CNN, on Fox News, on Huffington Post, as true that the Chinese have concentration camps, period, is something that is, hey, that's just, that's foreign affairs there, Brady. That's, that's foreign affairs, man. No, 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 that's not my space. I don't, I don't comment on those affairs. Or, you know, hey, man, I'm, I'm just a basketball player, you know? I don't, I don't do that. That is the first thing that came to mind when uh, w- about that ridiculous Bolton's ridiculous uh, accusation that Trump was having a friendly conversation about uh, concentration camps. That is the first thing that came to mind. It's like, all right, so we are admitting that they have the camps now, right? Yeah. Like, it's funny. Uh, okay, great. I'm, I'm glad that we've all yeah. uh, we've all come around. Like we've it, all known. It reminds me also of like the uh, the super like the boomer cons who uh, like don't want police reform at all. You know, like they're just like they have like back the blue as like their Twitter picture and stuff like that and they don't you know they don't think any cop has ever done anything wrong for some reason and they're like what what are you talking about like the cops kill even more white people than they do black people it's like 
yeah, that's bad, though. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> like, so you're admitting that cops are <laughs> killing a whole bunch of people. I don't think that's the argument you think you're making. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's dude, funny, man. So it, it really is those, like, the Facebook, the Facebook boomers, man, they drive me crazy. Like, because those are the same people that it, you can almost feel they're just, I, I got to have an alternative to their, what they're saying. Oh, oh, my God, everybody's saying they're Black Lives Matter. All lives matter. You're like, dude, what we're highlighting is a specific issue here, man. Like, let people work through this issue, talk through it. Let's figure out some solutions and move on. Like no one is saying that by saying like black lives matter, that white lives don't matter. No one's saying that that's not what's being said. And same thing with like the people, you know, people being like, Hey, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe a little, uh, maybe a little police reform, you know, maybe, maybe a little police reform. Maybe, maybe it's a bad idea that, that people get shot by police. Oh, well, you know, look at, look at this, look at this white guy that got his, his, his neck stepped on. It's like, yeah, the, that's bad. That's also bad. Yeah, also, <laughs> we, also we don't, bad. We don't want that either. <laughs> we want that guy. To, we we want, want him to be alive too. Well, well, he didn't get a parade. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, that's fine. But let's let's figure out what's going on here because they're way too militarized. Like, let's let's start there. So yeah, it it would have been. It obviously didn't happen, but it would have been horrible if Donald Trump had a conversation with Xi Jinping about concentration camps. It would be much much worse, or it is much much worse than that conversation. That the Chinese Communist Party is operating and building concentration camps. Um, all right, Tyler, thank you so much for doing this, my brother. I'm sure we'll do it again soon. Where can everybody read your stuff and follow you online and keep in touch and all that good stuff? Follow me on Twitter. Hope to have some more more articles in the coming weeks, and we'll uh, we'll just keep the conversation going, man. It's always good to talk to you. Absolutely, my brother. Everybody follow Tyler. He's great. That's all I got for today. Uh, I am off Monday on vacation, but I will be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Thank you.